Hello! It's us! It's you! We're here! Together! Why are we here? For another exciting week on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Argentina's number five television <laughs> show podcast. And I don't think we, we've kept that. I think we've been drastically falling since, but we're going <laughs> to wear that badge proudly for the rest of our lives. Welcome to the show. You can officially support You Can't Disappoint a Podcast now on Patreon at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the place to go to help us move this show forward, and there's all kinds of exclusive content, fun interaction, events with Steven and myself, and all types of ways to influence our show on a weekly basis. So please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you want to get in on the action, make sure you email us your trivia, your MVP, and your funniest moments from that week's episode over to our email at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read it right here on the show. We sure will, even if you beg us not to. Also, <laughs> hang out with us on the socials every week off the podcast. You know, we're on Facebook and YouTube under our podcast title. You can also find us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter, where we probably do the most of our uh, uh, jovial lollygaggery at You Can't Disappoint. So come hang out with us over there. Yeah, make sure you uh, give us, you smash that like and subscribe button. Give us that more... attention that we so desperately crave. Yeah, throw throw us your hearts, your wallets, and a couple kisses here and there, and we'll keep on pushing out this baby of ours that we call You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I told Pierce a thousand times I never wanted to meet LeVar in person. I just wanted a picture. You can't disappoint a picture. I hate you, Pierce! I hate you so much! Hello, beautiful. Hello, Hi. gorgeous. It's so it's so lovely to 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 spend my Thursday afternoon uh, uh, gazing into that lovely little dead-eyed face of yours you know you'd think that i was tired of seeing your face and yeah. i am <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm over it yeah we saw each other in real life for the first time since starting this podcast a couple of days ago we did i got to touch you and it was cool one of my favorite moments was that uh, uh when we hung out a lot together in college and afterwards we truly are kind of bumbling idiots when we get together yeah. And when we did this time, it wasn't exactly like that. You know, we've grown up a little bit. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're both men and we, <laughs> we both kind of have a boo thing, you know, and we're, yeah. and, and it's great and uh, everything's great. And then we took the trash together. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we, we bump into each other. We're dumping the garbage all over the place. We're just, oh, uh, 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 spilled it, shit. And on it the was trays just and... like how bumbling idiots we are. So so I like that we still we still have that. We can't Yeah, as soon as it's just us, we return to our natural state of absolute fools. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> on this podcast, we come off a lot more chill and put together than we kind of are sometimes. <laughs> welcome uh, to the I, show, everyone. Hey, oh, wait, welcome. No, what, finish your thought. You had a thought. I could see No, it. I was going to say I, I like asked Danny if it was weird like being around the two of us like in person because she yes. had never experienced that yes and she was like a little bit because <laughs> i hear it all the time and this time i saw it 
<laughs> That's awesome. Welcome yeah. to the show, everyone. It's our 41st episode podcast. It is You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, coming at you hot and steamy once again. I'm one half of the team. I'm Zach, and don't intercut this with footage of me freaking out. There's plenty to be found. And uh, I'm Steven, and uh, I don't know, you may, are you more familiar with my work on Star Trek or Reading Rainbow? Uh, Reading Rainbow is a television series that I did for, for many years. I know you more from Rebop. Rebop? Yeah, is that, yes. that, your, <laughs> that your go-to? <laughs> sure. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's another week. It's great to be here uh, talking to a buddy and recapping a show that I love so much. We're brought to you by our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Do you quit? Do you know them? Do you know who they all are? Yeah, it's uh, my mom, Mary Baker Budisa. We've got Justin Brummett. Love him. We've got uh, Danny Martinez Lugo. Love her. And we have our newest $10 patron, yes. Brian. I don't, I don't know, know her last, last name. name. Thurman. Brian Thurman. Thurman. And we love her. Thanks. We love you guys. all. You're all uh, gentlemen and, and lady scholars. We are really happy that you support us in the ways that you do. And all of our lovely $5 patrons. We just got a, a, a new one today or yesterday. So uh, thankful to those people as well. And if you'd like nice. to become one of the people on that list that we shout out every week, you can give us money gladly at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast where – We've got the live You Can't Disappreciate show every Thursday afternoon that we do every week that you can only find there. We've got Nerdstalgia. There's a brand new episode of that about the first Beatles album that just came out this week and stuff going on all the time. We literally were brainstorming about potential podcasts for it during the pre-show today. Yeah. So anything could happen at any time. So come support us over there. It's a wacky, wild, zany place. It sure is. The pre-show is definitely us at our most unfiltered because we kind of just talk about whatever's on our mind. Yeah. Not that we don't do that here. (laughs) And, of course, we have to shout out our proud daddy, uh, our leather-bound daddy, communities on Twitter. (laughs) You're going to get a message about that one. (laughs) They're also gentlemen and lady scholars. Uh, we're, We're really glad that they support us and that they've helped so many people find us. We wouldn't be here without them. And uh, thanks for letting us be silly and weird with you. Yeah, thanks for only spanking us once a year and, and not daily like we did when we grew up. So I kind of miss it. We got to hang around each other in person, and there was a much-needed-for-the-brand, a lovely photo shoot. Oh, yeah. Those were great. It was a lot of fun taking those pictures and possibly even more fun looking back over them afterwards. <laughs> also, we are excellent because we nailed each one of our poses, like, first go, mm. and we didn't have to do any reshoots. There was no, oh, that one wasn't good. No, we were masters. Yeah, and the- there were honestly a ton of photos that weren't used and that mm-hmm. could have been used. Yeah. So we'll sprinkle them out, maybe. Maybe I'll put an extended photo shoot up on the Patreon. I think you should. I was going to yeah. suggest. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. It was put a lot of fun. Picks. And go check those out if you want to see when we broke the internet. Yeah. You can, you can see our love, how how it radiates when we're physically in the same vicinity as each other. Yeah. It's, it's, it's steamy. Let's talk about the television program Community, which I'm always really happy to talk about. Man, is it? are we still on that season two stride? We are. This was, I laughed going. so hard at some of the yeah. stuff in this episode. It's just been banger after banger, and each one has a different beat. 
You know what I mean? Each yeah. next phenomenal episode is nothing like the phenomenal one that came before it. Today it's season two, episode 16. After this, we've already only got eight episodes left of season two. We're just wow. flying through this thing. We are two-thirds of the way through this this phenomenal season of television. Isn't that crazy? It's intermediate documentary filmmaking. It was directed by the great gentleman and lady scholar Joe Russo, and it was written <laughs> By the gentleman, lady scholar, very, very talented writer, one of Community's gems in the writer room, Megan Gans, who before this wrote freaking cooperative calligraphy, and after this got to write documentary filmmaking Redo, Redux. How do you pronounce it when it's Redux written out? I think it's Redois. Redois. Redu. 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 Basic Blue Pine Neurology, she wrote. And then in season four, her last season with the show, she wrote Paranormal Parentage, which is one of the better episodes of season four. And the Agreed. finale of that season, Advanced Introduction to Finality, which is also an episode of television. <laughs> and it originally aired that on February 17th, 2011. And, you know, it's been a little while since we've used this portion of the episode to continue to sell ourselves as a product. So I think we should take a, a quick ad break don't you think i do let's do it break me off a piece of that (laughs) disappod friends i truly believe that we're in the golden age of all media not just television but film music theater art we're just living in this time where there's so much quality content to dive into and so little time to do it. But you know, me personally, to keep myself as entertained as possible, I've decided to throw out all that quality crap and rewatch the same shit from when I was a kid over and over and over again. And that's what I'm doing in my new Patreon exclusive podcast, Nerdstalgia. <laughs> Each episode, a friend will join myself and my significant other, Lil, as we tackle another nostalgic piece of media from our childhood, from your childhood, from anyone's childhood, to see if it holds up to the cold light of reality. It's going to be a lot of fun revisiting all of the things that I've always loved so much, and I hope that you tune in and listen to it. The way to do that is by supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Head over there and check out the latest episode of Nerdstalgia now. And that was us trying to, begging really, it's it's starting to get a little, uh, a little embarrassing, just really begging you for a few dollars. If you listen to this show every week and you like what we do, help support us, help, help us make this show a little bit better every week by supporting us over at Patreon. Patreon! I think it's worth it. We do a lot of stuff over there. Yeah, there's a lot of content. I, I was super happy I got to, uh, because I was there, sign my first postcard. Yes, $10 and up patrons get a postcard. And the only reason you haven't done them is because I bought the first batch of them. Yeah. You'll get the second batch of them, and then a lot of people will get... I apologize uh, in soggy. advance to those who are going to get those terrible, yeah, terrible... Yeah, Brian's going to get a postcard that uh, <laughs> I wrote a little note on, and Stephen's handwriting also appears on the, on the favorite. <laughs> Let's talk about community, intermediate documentary filmmaking. Let's do some trivia. I've only got three questions for you this week. I've got a whopping four, and they're all LeVar Burton-themed. Are they really? Yep. Okay, give me two. Okay, uh, what are Troy's three wishes? 
um, a signed photo of actor LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. Was there one before it? Yeah. I don't remember the first one, but then after that, it's for a million wishes, which would be a million signed photos of actor LeVar Burton. What am I missing? A drum kit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Give me another. Let's see if um, I can get another one. How much money does Britta claim to have when talking uh, to actor LeVar Burton? 261? Yeah! Nice! Nice. Nice! Done. Great. Okay. Uh, my first one for you. What did Pierce do in the past when he had the hiccups? Pull the fire alarm. Great job. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can keep this ball mm-hmm. rolling. Um, In the end tag, what uh-huh. does LeVar ask Troy to do? Pass me the... I don't know. I don't know. Come on, come on. No, I really don't come know. Come on. I know they What's were he pass him? fish, but I don't know What's what he passed. What's he pass him? I don't know. Tartar Just sauce? Just throw it. Oh, you bitch. What was uh, it? The pepper. Oh, I did kind of think that a tiny bit. Okay, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You were close. Sorry. Thanks. What else what you got What will Troy and Abed do if one of them dies? You should know this one. Uh, they will stage it to make it look like a suicide <laughs> due to the cancellation of the television series Firefly. Great. <laughs> what musical oh wait i know Shh. wow so unprofessional give me another one baby boy. um this is a um a, a four-part question there are four answers but oh my they're God. pretty easy okay um name the four lavar burton projects mentioned in this episode roots mm-hmm. reading rainbow mm-hmm. rebop yep star trek yeah okay and my last one for you, what musical act does Britta's mom get freaky to when she hears them, according to Jeff? Oonga Boonga? That's really close, but that's not correct. What is it? Do you want to try again? Oingo Boingo. That is correct. Woo. Great job. We did pretty well with trivia. We did here. a pretty solid job. But let's yeah. see if, if our questions are softballs compared to our listeners' uh, erect balls. <laughs> All right. First email is from our daddy. Uh <laughs> Good morning, guys. This is a standout episode by Is it Megan really Gant. Pierce? <laughs> I became Jeff's father today. Hello, Zach and Steven. I'm your father. Here's me waving. Oh, don't come too close. <laughs> Here's a trivia uh, question. This is a standout episode by Megan yeah. Gantz. She's my MVP. Everything just hits. Does it hit different, Papa? Um, trivia below. Answers further lower. <laughs> Okay. Um, trivia time. What was Britta a big fan of early? She was nostalgic from an early age. Uh, Rebop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She um, had VHSs of it. What is the order that people visit for their bequeathments? So mm, it was Shirley. Shirley. Then Britta. Britta. Then Jeff. Jeff. Annie. Annie. Did Abed not get one? Abed did not. And Troy's and kind of appeared to him. Troy's appeared to him. But when did it chronologically? Was, it, it was be before Annie. Before Annie. Before, before Jeff? Before Jeff. But after but Britta. after Shirley and Britta. I think yeah. that is it. I think mm-hmm. that's right. And then who makes up Abed's camera crew? So there's Garrett. Garrett and Pavel. Pavel. Mm-hmm. Have a great one, guys. Comedians. Cool. Matt, we're killing it this week. Well, Answer, he gave us Reebok. the answers further lower. Let's see if we were right. Rebop was correct. Uh, Shirley, Britta, Jeff, Troy, Annie. So Troy was after Jeff, according to our dad. Okay, we'll see. We probably won't pay attention, but we'll see.
Mm-hmm. And then Abed, Pavel, and Garrett. We're killing it. Nice. Cool. A bang, okay. bang, bang. Love it. All right. We'd love to see it. Our last email is from Danny. Oh. She Hi, says, Danny. Hello. Danny, you know, it, I, I've met her in person now, and we are my my relationship with Danny has, has before this moment been strictly through you reading me emails that she sent into our podcast. Mm-hmm. And what a lovely person. Isn't her she emails great? definitely do her uh, do her well. Yeah. She's just as lovely in person as she comes across on the podcast. Oh, I'm sure she'll really appreciate hearing that. Thanks, Danny, for being all that you are. Yes. All right. Please give us easy questions. Let's see. Um, hello, Stephen and Zach. Hi. Hope your day is going great so far. It was such a pleasure hanging out with you guys this week. So cool to see your friendship in person. Yes, your autographs should arrive in the mail promptly. <laughs> um, I'm so excited about this one. Fun fact, when last year when I was rewatching Community, I sent Steven a video of one of Troy's breakdowns in this episode, and that's when he told me you guys were going to start this podcast. That was pre-podcast, and was it yeah, the it was. one? Was it the uh, the specific it was one? The specific one. Mm. Um, crazy to think that it's been almost a year. Anyway, my favorite hmm. episode, <laughs> my favorite moments in this episode were the clips of Jeff freaking out, and of course Donald's <laughs> acting throughout the whole episode. Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, Absolutely. Shit. Okay. What? Uh, here are her questions. Trivia. Um, <laughs> okay, let's do it. Come on, bring him on. What is Pierce's room number? Nope, no clue. No. Um, how did no. Shirley say she'd hope to die? Shirley's in this. No, she's definitely in this. She has some good stuff. No, in this I know. Movie. I just. <laughs> uh, how does she hope to die? Surrounded by her family. Sure, that's my guess. Um, according to Pierce, when did Jeff's parents get a divorce? Nineteen eighty-three. Yep. Um, there's a sign that's shown a few times oh. hanging in the bulletin on the bulletin board. Yeah. What kind of puppies are they selling? No, no, no clue. Um, and then how much money does Britta tell LeVar Burton she has? Two hundred sixty-one. Two hundred sixty-one dollars. Uh, Danny, thank you for once again. <laughs> Those are tough. Reminding us that we don't, don't know shit. Well, we did well with dads. We did well with dads. Yeah. Well, yeah. dad, dad, dad was nice. Dad. Thank- Daddy wasn't there. Yeah, he's Uh, nice now, but later when we misbehave, (laughs) we'll be getting the belt, I'm sure. Um, Big hugs, Danny. Thanks, Danny, for writing in. Thank you. You the bomb. Um, Nice. Well, now we're going to see how close of attention Steven really paid to this episode. It seems like we did okay. We've been been doing pretty okay with the trivia, don't you think? One would think. So how are you feeling? You know, I, I always like to talk your pregame. I know you don't like to. I know you don't like to play it up because you don't know how it's gonna go. But what are you thinking going into this segment, this episode? I know this episode well, but there's a lot of ground to cover, and when there's a lot of different storylines, which there are in this episode, it gets tough. All right. Well, because in, all... in in all essence, right? There's two. There's like six members of the study group, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone has a thing. Yeah, so that gives me like three well, okay, two-thirds seconds for each person. Now it's going to work out in your favor because you're thinking about all of it beforehand. Let's uh, that's what find I want to say. Yeah. Donald Faison, when when they do a similar thing, which he has more time Have for. Have you done the one where he, does ra- where he does a rap? No, I haven't well, seen okay, that. Well, okay, then say what you're going to say. But he like writes out – he like play, he cheats. He plans ahead. He writes yeah. out things. He's a cheater, and I will never yeah. – I'm better than you, Donald Faison. 
Come on, the Steven show. Let's talk about never it. Never pre-plan for this podcast. <laughs> Not that's once. A good thing for some reason. Is the <laughs> <argument>. <laughs> what are we talking about? It's gonna be hard. You're gonna be fine. I always love this segment. I think you. Uh, it's always it's always one that's entertaining, no matter how it goes. We're gonna find right. out once and for all. Did, did Steven, Steven watch, watch the, episode the episode this week? This all right well let me set up my timer take mm-hmm. a couple deep breaths do your stretches good grades this week right mama we're gonna do well mama uh okay i'm gonna get it started are you ready <laughs> yeah in three two one a go it's a documentary, and Pierce is in the hospital. He could be dying because of his drug addiction, but he's really nice, just plotting. He gives everyone things. He gives Shirley a CD that's mean, but it's not real. Uh, Jeff's daddy's coming. Troy meets LeVar Burton, but he just wanted a picture. Britta got a lot of money, and he got a crown because she's his favorite. Abed's making a movie. Oh, my God. It's not really Jeff's dad. It's Pierce the whole time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop. Uh, you didn't say Britta. I did. I'll have to roll the tape. I said Britta got money. Is that all you said? That is all I said about her. You got a lot of it. Uh, you didn't get, like, the lesson learned in most of them, but you, it's a lot to put in one. I think I'm going to give you a... Because it's tough. There were a lot of oh my gods at the end. Yeah, so I don't do I well when I run out of... Realize you're about say. out of time. Yeah, uh, or run out of things to say. So I am going to, uh, I'll, I'll because of the oh my god, it's going to be a B minus for me this week. But here, I think then in the future, mm-hmm. if you a new addendum to this segment, you are allowed to say you're allowed to like clock in your time. Okay. You're and and maybe if the if the if the statement is put well together and it feels wrapped up and you do it in less than 20 seconds, mm-hmm. that'll be some better grades. Okay, I can sure. rock with that. We can do an addendum. I so like you don't that. feel the need to, oh my God, oh my God, until I stop. Yeah. Let's move right That was one of it. the better ones I've done lately. Yeah, I just don't like the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like you just got proposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite funny moments of the episode. Yeah. Do you want to go first or should I? I don't care. I kind of have two. Okay. Uh, my first one is, of course, a moment that's already been referenced to us via email. It's uh, Jeff's intercut freakout that segment. That was really funny. Specifically, the one where he's laughing and, ah, just <laughs> really quick. And Joel McHale knows that. My second one is Shirley's talking head, specifically <laughs> after she makes Abed leave. And she's like, you know, this all stems back to, I think that's really funny. And there's a behind the scenes story for that moment that I'll share later that makes it even funnier. Nice. What um, about you? My two are going to be, of course, Donald Glover freaking out in the break room. That, I mean, I laugh so hard at everything he does this whole episode. Something I noticed first one. in that freak out in the break room that I had never noticed before is through the window, you can see hospital employees like wondering if they should intervene or not and like <laughs> looking at what's happening which is even another great level yeah. added and my other one was actually the like 
part where Britta pretends to be Jeff's dad and she and Jeff are going at it. And I just love the ending because she's like, what do I know? I'm Jeff's dumb gay dad. And she <laughs> backs away. They said something on the commentary how it's so funny that Britta, it, it, even just a couple episodes ago, was dunking on people who are vaguely homophobic is that she's yeah. so on her high horse, but then Jeff gets on her nerves. So she goes right down <laughs> to his level, no problem. <laughs> Well, let's talk for a second. What did you think about this episode? It's it's such a, uh, as much as like even the paintball episode, it's such a removal from what you usually expect yeah. out of a community episode. And did you like it? I did. I think that uh, a lot of the cast is firing on like all cylinders here. I think that everyone has really strong stuff. Um, the only person that kind of gets short ended on this one is actually annie i feel like and she still has good stuff but don't she... disagree with you she does yeah. do, she does get good stuff and there's a, a dynamic that annie and pierce have that we got in celebrity pharmacology where mm -hmm. it kind of plays off a little sweet when they're kind to each other yeah and pierce doesn't have that with just about anybody else no and so there are some there's some beats that work well but they could have involved it more in the story. Annie should have gotten a more believable dilemma. Mm -hmm. And then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. I think the way that she uh, ends her storyline talking to Pierce later in the episode kind of uh, killed any momentum that that, yeah. that it had. Yeah, but, but other than I, that, I think everything else, and that's not even like a, a knock on the episode. I think yeah, it's just something that's not as it's strong a small as thing. It's else. the one thing in you know this episode even has some similarities to cooperative calligraphy where mm -hmm. there are several rooms but they spend a lot of the episode confined in one space under pressure and that's always a good a good place to to put these characters and Pierce's villainy is great almost rises farther than Advanced Dungeons and Dragons sure yeah. he's he's mean really uh mean and inappropriate in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons but they are playing a game and he's just being kind of a bully He's really emotionally manipulating these people. Well, in this episode, in a severe great. way. Yeah, because all his gifts are like, they seem really nice. Double like, he's sword. Like, I'm, I'm doing Shirley's this. Doesn't. Shirley's seems... doesn't. Yeah, but everyone else's is like, oh, this is this is a great thing I'm giving you, but he knows that it will torture the person he gives it to. And that's why he's doing it. He mm -hmm. was never dying in the first place. Yeah. And the show, because this came out at a time when shows like The Office and Modern Family were some of the most noteworthy sitcoms on TV, mm -hmm. and they're both that mockumentary style. Yeah. And in the commentary for this episode, they delved in a lot how that style can be kind of a crutch, mm -hmm. because in uh, to tell a joke... You can cut from the situation directly to that person telling the camera why it's funny. Yeah. And it works, and it is funny, but it's almost harder to tell a traditional sitcom story and just have character interactions that are funny enough that make the laughs instead of having the camera zoom in on the thing that's funny or having mm -hmm. uh, someone explain it to a camera and adding a joke on top of it or yeah. looking at a camera to create jokes. So this show, this episode, they were kind of showing that they can do that too. Exactly, which is good. I mean, they nailed it. I think we should dive into it. It's a standout episode. Who's Another standout do? episode. We can too. What really, man, can you think of many, if any, seasons of a sitcom that are better and more consistent and more daring than season two of Community? Especially not on the daring front, I cannot. Maybe season two of Arrested Development. It's really good. But that's a different kind of daring. Mm -hmm. But that's for another day. 
Let's it dive is. into this episode. Right from the beginning, it's such a obvious uh, a switch from what community looks like at all. There's mm-hmm. no music, there's no study room, and, and the camera's very, very shaky. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so than some of those other shows. And they're all in the hospital, and it picks right up from the end of last week's cliffhanger, where uh, Jeff sent a nice loving text to the study group and, and reached out to Pierce on behalf of his pill addiction, but it looked like it might be too late because he was unconscious on a park bench. And I love that community kind of okay so that moment really influences the entirety of this episode yeah but they kind of throw away the emotional resonance of it right away and they're they 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 make it more an an excuse for pierce to be an asshole instead of any type of is pierce gonna live or die yeah they because this isn't that type of show it's not like is pierce gonna make it like no pierce is fine he (laughs) did yeah for now there, it is a little bum, bit interesting bum, bum. watching this episode from the perspective of Pierce's character. Spoiler alert if anyone's watching the show for the first time, but I, I, I don't think you probably are, uh, that Pierce goes on to die. Yeah. And so watching this episode from that angle, and especially the dramatic stuff that Pierce leaves for the study group to do after he dies, yeah. totally fits hand in hand with this episode right here. It really does, and it's kind of funny, like, I'm excited to get to that episode again. I, mean, I like that too. episode That's anyway. That's a phenomenal but, episode of. <laughs> yeah, it's good. One of the best episodes of those last seasons, especially as, as bittersweet as it is, because it, it signals also the the departure of of our of our boy Troy. The beginning which... of the entry, and man, Troy. It's easy to not realize it when you're watching the show through, but Troy, and especially Donald Glover, when he's because I do think it changes a little bit later in the series, but mm-hmm. when he's really committed yeah. to the bit and to being silly and putting everything of him into the silliness. He's unparalleled and he's so much of the unspoken glue that holds a lot of the funny in this show together and holds a lot of this group together. Well, I mean, and if you think of like the quoted things, the gifts, all the stuff that people know from community, like if you mention it, they know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is him, you know, and that's and this I think episode that can especially even be true if you totally remove you know, the legend that Donald Glover and Childish Gambino have gone yeah. on to be. I think even just based off of if this is the only thing I had ever seen him in, he is so funny, and and any line, he can make it the funniest line in the scene, whether yeah. it was written to be or not. Totally. Not that everyone on this show does that all the time, mm-hmm. but I, I forget. Why did we start Why did we start talking about Troy? Because we were talking about the, the, the Pierce, Pierce death and, episode. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, right? We're 12 seconds into this episode. <laughs> He's in room 1023. 1023, So there's Danny. that answer. I did not get that at all. No. The study group's there ready to see Pierce and, and, and see what's going on. He's obviously called them all there, and the nurse is bringing them into Pierce's room, telling them that he's ready for visitors, and the study group walk in not knowing to ex- what to expect, <laughs> and they see Pierce in a hospital bed being overdramatic from the get-go. Yeah. Right? It was the pills. They just took me over. <laughs> yeah, the list of horrible, awful things that he saw, I think they're all movie titles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I don't know Demons, but I'm sure Demons is a movie. Aliens, mm. Critters 3, and something called Bruce Willis's Surrogates. I don't know that one. Do you know I haven't that seen that. All right. <laughs> uh, although, here's what I'll say about Bruce Willis. I have never seen a Bruce Willis movie that I didn't at least enjoy. I don't know how many Bruce Willis films I've seen. You don't, but you're not a big action movie guy, are you? 
maybe I could be if I watch more of them, but no, to this yeah, to this you should point, watch the Die Hard movies. Movies, or should I watch like the first one? Movies, and the second one. Watch all. Are of they them. all good? Do you like all of them? I like all even of like them. the older ones. Oh yeah. Live for your like, Die I mean, Hard with Justin Long. Oh God, Justin Long. Yeah, is he? What's he doing now? Is he okay? I think he, I've listened to his podcast before. He's a podcast. Yeah, I think he's fine. But nice. there was a second where kind of like Michael Sarah was, all of a sudden Justin Long was a movie star for some reason. Yeah. For like two or three years, he was in a lot of, stuff, a lot of stuff, and stuff. then he wasn't. Mm. Yeah. So the study group noticed right away that Abed's filming in the hospital room, and, and Jeff's kind of standoffish <laughs> about it. Uh, Abed tells them to act natural, and a lot of the study group members start kind of playing up to the camera. Troy <laughs> starts dancing and smiling. <laughs> He's just going to play up to the camera every time. And then we get our first talking head, which is of Abed, who we don't get to see much in the episode. And I'm sure, obviously, Danny Pudi isn't the one holding cameras when they're filming. Yeah. But the episode does a great job of making Abed almost a character who is in every beat of the episode because he's mm-hmm. the one who's decided to film it. I think they did great with that. Yeah, I think so too. So Pierce is the one who asked Abed to do it, and Abed wasn't going to do it. I like his line about... Uh, you know, Pierce is a subject that I just find so boring <laughs> that I didn't want to do it. But he's excited to be able to be able to uh, make a documentary. And he kind of does. He says the thing that Dan Harmon thinks about mm-hmm. documentaries in here, where he's excited to use it as a as a storytelling form because it's easier because you can cut to people explaining things. Are you much of a documentary guy? Have you seen many documentaries that have really moved you? Um, I've seen a few that move me. I don't watch a lot of documentaries just because I feel like sometimes they do too much, but I I think that a well done documentary can be really good. Can be really moving. I feel like I should watch more documentaries. There are a couple, we talked about best picture nominees over on You Can't Disappreciate Today, but there are a couple of best documentary nominees that look interesting. One called My Octopus Teacher that I've heard a lot of people talk about. Why have I heard of that? I don't know. But it's been a noteworthy thing. I think it's on Netflix. Mm. And also there's one called Crip Camp, which I've heard is really powerful. Mm. But I don't watch as many as I should. Have you watched Documentary Now, the show? I mean, it's not a documentary. But no. I've heard it's a really great show. It's like there's Fred Armisen and Bill Hader. And yeah, a lot of there's a couple episodes that are really, really good. Like I, A couple of them made me cry. Oh, really? It's like that? A cu- yeah. Because some of them are really silly, but some of them are like really serious there's one that like every time i've watched it and i've seen it like four times i like cry wow it's just so beautiful yeah i'll have to watch it yeah pierce explains that he's called everyone to the room so that he could put things in order bequeath he uses that word for the first of millions of times i love that word and i use it on an almost daily basis (laughs) why um i think my aunt used it when i was little and i thought it was cool so i just have really added it to my vernacular okay Mm-hmm. Pierce has gathered them for his final words and one of okay so Troy doesn't say a lot in this episode but every line and bit that he gets throughout the entire episode is so funny uh, starting with the the pyramid dance and pyramid, <laughs> Egyptian dance whatever mm-hmm. and and here are the final words you're gonna kill us <laughs> 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 but Pierce says no the pills have have wiped him out his words and that he's dying people gasp Jeff throughout this entire episode I think Joel McHale acts this episode just as well as he's acted anything in the entire series yeah. uh, he his face doesn't change 
No, he immediately he knows. sees He's like, through okay. it. And throughout everything, everything that Pierce does in this episode, Jeff, his face stays the same. And I think Joel acts it really well. And it's a, a type of good acting that can be unnoticed because his face doesn't change. Mm-hmm. But, but it's purposefully not changing. Yeah. And we cut right to, of course, because in a documentary, you can just cut to people explaining what they're, what they're <laughs> doing. And Pierce really casually in his chair is like, I'm not dying. <laughs> and he and he talks to them he talks to the cameras about the study group not respecting him and he's here on a revenge plot. What do you think? What do you think of Pierce in this episode? I think that Pierce is is firing in this one. He's he's really good. I think that he's he's really thought Evil. this out and planned it, but Chevy Chase plays it so well. And he really nails Chevy the fact Chase that does he's play like, the character really well. And you can tell he's like past the point in in Dungeons and Dragons. It was acting out of like active rage and yeah. like this, but this he's like calculated and planned. Since then, he's been thinking about this, and now yeah. it's time to. He's like, how which, am I going to get these guys? Which is interesting. Do you think? Oh, but he was so actually addicted <laughs> to those pills. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what his process was. Yeah, there had to be like a moment of clarity where he was like, oh, "This is <laughs> this is how I get it." Well, maybe it was passing. Maybe he's just plan. He probably didn't plan this forever. That's so not Pierce. It's probably Mm -mm. been since he woke up from being passed out on the bench. And he was like, wow, they didn't care enough about me to even. They told him he was going to be fine. And he was like, how much to stay here a little longer? Yeah. (laughs) Pierce is really good in this episode. And in Dungeons and Dragons, Pierce is one of the best characters. But his his type of evil and mean can be hard to watch. He's really harsh. And in this Mm -hmm. one... Like I said earlier, I think he might be at his most evil because of the emotional manipulation here. Yeah. But it's a lot funnier and a little bit more easy to stomach because it's so ridiculous. And at least a few people in the study group know what it is the entire time. Totally. (laughs) And the cut to the theme song is Abed right after Pierce explains what's going on. He's like, yep, you see? It's exactly what I said, his talking head, and then we get the theme mm-hmm. song, which the theme song is almost jarring in this episode since it's it so It feels so out style. of place, yeah. They could have done more of a title card or something of Abed's film, but I'm mm-hmm. never mad to see the community theme no. song. Now they're all sitting in the waiting room and discussing their feelings about the situation. Troy, another pretty good line that goes kind of under the table that usually when he's sad, he makes fun of Pierce, but <laughs> now it just make me sadder. Everyone does kind of seem to believe that Pierce must be dying if he said he is. But Pierce yeah. is old. There are times when he doesn't show up to study group and he just they'd all assume that he's dead he's because dead. he didn't show up. So I guess that tracks. What were you about to say? Uh, well, I like that you know Annie is like really upset about it. Shirley's kind of sad, and you know Troy is is troying. But for the most part, <laughs> uh, Jeff and Britta are kind of like not too phased by it because i think they normally think that pierce is is on some bull yeah and that's what jeff's saying here yeah he brings up the fire alarm hiccup fiasco which sounds it's funny <laughs> it's like pierce gets really dramatic just relax maybe he does have a slight inkling that this could be true but he's more thinking pierce is in the not that he's going to do what he's about to do but that pierce is in the hospital so he's stressing out and being dramatic that yeah. he'll probably be fine everyone take a deep breath exactly and I don't know what Britta says here shows otherwise. She mm-hmm. said she thinks that Pierce ended up here because they all relaxed about him. Yeah. And 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 Jeff is pretty adamant that this is going to be something else. We're here for him. We don't need to feel bad. Everything's going to be fine. And everyone kind of combats Jeff a little bit. And I kind of get that. Right. Mm-hmm. 
What's Shirley's line here where she says kind of something jagged towards Abed? Um, she said, like, because Annie's like, we don't, um, we know we don't have to feel bad. We just feel like feeling it. And Shirley's like, yeah, come on, Jeff. You sound like Abed. No offense, Abed. No offense, Abed. And, and Abed like, from behind sorry. the camera doesn't bother me. <laughs> and then it's time for the bequeathments to begin. Uh, and this nurse that's really prevalent through this episode is really funny. Do you think what what's the situation? Do you think there's a, a chance that she's not real, or do you think that like that she's an actress, or do you think Pierce just slid her some cash? I think and she doesn't a, make a lot of money. A nurse, and she's probably Pierce's like the one assigned to Pierce, and so she's just doing what he asks. Troy's joke about bequeathment, not knowing what the word means. And then his other reaction when he finds out it means a gift that he's like, oh, cool. (laughs) But he's dying. So, I mean, oh, cool. Cool. (laughs) We get a a talking head of Troy, which is really funny, uh, where he talks about his desires, wanting a drum kit. And we talk about LeVar Burton. It cuts to an actual photo of a signed LeVar Burton (laughs) photo. It's very arrested development. Yeah. They would always like talk about something and then cut to a photo of what's happening mm-hmm. and how he would wish for a million wishes just so he could have a bunch of LeVar Burton photos. Do you think he'd, what, cover the walls of his house with them? Do you think he just, just look wants at backups in case he loses the first you know, 999,999? Just, <laughs> just go through them. You know, just look through them one at a time. Shirley's up first. Let's uh, tear apart her situation. Shirley is often an afterthought in episodes like this in every episode of community really yeah uh and it's not that she's not here but i think what they give her works pretty well i think I so think too i noticed shirley in this episode a little bit more than what i have been lately do you do you and agree i think with that? part of the reason why that works is because she's the one that got her gift first she is constantly throughout the whole episode dealing with it and you know, yeah. making comments about it. And so she's constantly there. Whereas if she got it later on, she probably would not she, have a whole lot of lines until then. Well, she doesn't really have a lot of lines, but she gets a lot of nice moments where she mm-hmm. just walks past people and gets to go, hmm, hmm. that are pretty funny. <laughs> and she actually brings something to Pierce, a John yeah. Grisham novel and a little coffee mug. What does she think that Pierce is going to read the best or latest Grisham as he's waiting for death? You know, she's, she's trying to be nice. Shirley does try to be nice, even to Pierce. I think I'm about to join a book club. Nice. I have a friend that has a uh, Stephen King book club, and they're about to do The Shining, and I've never read or seen The Shining, so I just bought a really cheap copy of The Shining. I think I'm going to read The Shining. Nice. I uh, have lots of lots of books that I've been reading through. Nice. Yeah, on, my, on, the, on the manga front. I haven't sat down and read a novels. good book in a long time. It's nice. Yeah, I, think I like it when they have pictures. I like to read it backwards. <laughs> well, that's how they do it in Japan, Zach. They're too cool to read it front ways like a, like a, like a whitey. So Shirley's uh, thing that she has to do is Pierce brings up the CD. Uh, you know, Pierce says that they are the two most hated people in the study group, which I don't uh, I don't know if that's... I think Pierce is the only hated person in the study yeah. group. Uh, but Shirley has some insecurities about things like that, so I do think it it plays on her the way it's supposed to right away. Mm-hmm. Pierce's line, what do you think about the black sheep, black swan? Why is black swan less offensive? What's calling I think her a sheep? Yeah. 
I think that that was a I laughed at that joke because like he's like oh it's expensive because I said black sheep then he's like black swan because she's (laughs) a lady black swan (laughs) Uh, he gives her a cd that supposedly has audio of the study group talking bad about her while she's away i really like the way pierce is more focused on that it's a cd when he describes it he calls it a compact record and it contains an audio file (laughs) and then he goes on to say burnt into this diskette by optical lasers (laughs) it sounds like a science fiction when when shirley says i don't believe you but she just initially doesn't believe that there's anything on it that it's just a cd that he has written on pierce who is a level (laughs) five laser lotus is just bewildered by the compact disc technology yeah and then all of Pierce's supposed final forever goodbyes are all really awkward. This one, then I guess it, this is goodbye forever. And they handshake. <laughs> goodbye, Pierce. <laughs> and she takes a CD. It's Pierce's last moments alive with Shirley. And she immediately is just picked up on this and, and holds it. And she brings it up to everyone immediately. She, <laughs> she has the dilemma of whether or not she should listen to it. But she doesn't have any problem being like, so you guys all talking shit about me? Yeah. And she gives them the opportunity to explain that they don't do that. And all of them all act really sus all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, Jeff's like, oh, Annie, look at this on my phone. And Troy starts reading a book or a magazine, which I'm sure he's never done before. Right. And next weekend... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> the nurse asks for sour face for the next bequeathment, and the face that Britta immediately makes is perfect because, of course, it's a sour face. Mm-hmm. But Gillian Jacobs does it in a way that's so silly and subtle that it's not exactly a, as stupid as a, as a joke that another show could have been. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Britta comes in and Pierce says, is that you, Death? <laughs> we're, getting, we're tiptoeing closer and closer to Britta just being the punching bag. There's some of the yeah. stuff in this episode the point towards that and i don't like it as much but this is a funny joke because they haven't quite overdone it yet mm-hmm. britta tries to even be on a high horse when talking to pierce for the last time and and say you don't have to give me anything and she quotes someone i don't know who dylan thomas is but she quotes someone named dylan thomas saying do you want to know what they said about that and she doesn't expect pierce to say sure and she her bluffs called she doesn't <laughs> actually know I love that line where he's like you're the selfless selfless one in the group right and she's like i wouldn't know i haven't thought about myself in years She's like, okay, then here's a check for $10,000. I left the line blank. You can give it to a charity of your choice. And Britta initially doesn't seem to have any selfish thoughts at all because she says, wow, we all thought you were playing mind games. This is really genuine and surprising of you. Honestly, it's a little funny that Pierce is dying and he has so much money and all he's willing to give is $10,000. You know. And Britta thinks that she's gotten something really good. She's thinking about what charity she's going to give it to. They shake on it. Pierce gives such a weird, <laughs> it's such a weird, lingering like, hand tip. grab. Yeah. And as Britta leaves, of course, Pierce brings up the other edge of the sword and says that you can write your own name in there if you feel like it. And then Britta is given a dilemma. I think that's one of the more real dilemmas in this episode. Yeah, That'd totally. be hard. And it I don't know tough. that I would give money away because I would think about, man, I could do a lot. Well, with $10, especially $10, because Britta, when she says later on about her like rent situation, she's like, well, I could avoid getting kicked out of my house for because Britta doesn't have a job, does she? Yeah. Um, not a stable, noteworthy one, at least. Maybe she's yeah. working some odd jobs, part time jobs here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think she had like a 
occupation. Do any of them? No. How do they uh, live? Apparently, Jeff still works at that law firm. Uh, Abed's living on campus, so he's probably mm-hmm. just living the campus life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Pierce is loaded. Yeah. Uh, we learn later in the series that Britta is actually kind of living off of her parents. Yeah. Annie is there? collecting cans. Yeah, so there's vague hints at what all of them do to to afford going to Greendale or to afford their lifestyle, but it, it's not really that important. Yeah. You know, it's, it, they don't want to dwell on it too much. No, don't worry about it. Pierce's goodbye forever to Britta is a toodles. <laughs> now the study group, while they're all waiting, talk about how they'd like to Surrounded die. by family. You got it, Zach. Yeah, nice. Surrounded by family. And I remembered it because Jeff says it's the only way he'd agree to be by his family, <laughs> which is, is jagged. And it's a good hint towards what Jeff's uh, storyline in this episode is going to be. Mm-hmm. We get the great, another Troy line of if here Abed die, they're going to make it look like a suicide based on Firefly's cancellation. We're going to get that show back on the air, buddy. Have you ever watched Firefly? No. I know it's one of the TV, it's like Freaks and Geeks or like yeah. TV legends that you just got to watch. Have you seen it? I've seen some of it, not all of it. And then I saw the movie that came either before or after. I was younger. My mom was like, let's watch this sci-fi stuff. I was like, cool. Uh, let's pivot things a little dark for a second. Do you have, have you ever put any thought into if you, uh, I mean, everyone's going to have to die eventually. If yeah. It, I know we, we're young and invincible right now. Have you put any, what did you say? Like who gets what? Oh, I thought you said on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, have you put any thought into how you would prefer to go? Well, yeah, I have, uh, two possibilities, Zach. I'm either going <laughs> to die of a heart attack at 50 because of my extremely unhealthy, Diet, I eat. Which isn't stopping anytime soon. Nope. Uh, or I'm going to live to 103, so I'll be alive in three centuries, and then I don't really care. Yeah, we're going to get to a day where Steven's like 40. He can't dance anymore. <laughs> He's like 350 pounds. <laughs> the day my metabolism slows down is going to be terrible. I'm sure the dancing's really helping as you're getting a little bit older. Yeah. Clock's ticking. How about you, Zach? Have yeah. you thought about how you want to go? Wanna I mean, it, it's, it's a medical and... miracle that I've made it this far. <laughs> uh, I have not made it easy on myself in any fashion. I don't know. I don't know. I think, honestly, I would prefer a death at an old age mm-hmm. that doesn't require a prolonged period of reflecting on my upcoming death. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, there's some I people that say that like I, they hit yeah. a certain age, they go skydiving, so their heart just stops or some shit like that. I don't know if I want to self-inflict it, but I Well, you wouldn't think... be doing it. You'd let, you'd let nature take its course. You'd just, you know, Yeah, but press you're also forward. letting nature take its course when you pull a gun on your head. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> i don't know i i don't know that i want to i just don't want to be in a position of like i've i've got this disease or i'm losing my mind or i just hope that i have a nice day and then i get murdered by a drifter (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wouldn't mind like you know passing peacefully by a crime taking place at an old age and then they're like no witnesses and then i'm done you know (laughs) Or, like, maybe I get scared really bad, and I stumble off a cliff, and I die of shock before I hit the ground. That'd be neat. But, like, only when I'm 103. That would be neat. When you're 103. (laughs) Yeah. My grandparents are all old and healthy. I hope there's a chance that I live to be 
I don't know. I don't know how old I really want to get, you know? I, I don't want to be super old if, like, everything's going to stop working. Like, I don't want to have to, like, pee in a yeah. bag any more than I already do. Yeah, if I lose my penis, <laughs> and I've just got threads of it left, so once that's out the window, maybe I will go skydiving. Does it does it work when you're 26? <laughs> it works at any age if you don't pull the chute. <laughs> oh, you should come with me. Yeah, we'll tandem we'll put it jump. up on the Patreon. <laughs> we'll live stream our tandem jump. Oh my god. You can you can there are a bunch of skydiving places around Chicago. Yes, yeah, so I'll skydive on top of skyscrapers. <laughs> yeah. What if I land on top of a building? Would that be bad? They do it out like in the suburbs. What if I land on a building? <laughs> I think you'd be Spider Man then. That'd be cool. Yeah. Brita comes back into the uh, waiting area with her check and tells everyone about it. And Annie's line of, hey, she's not, he's not messing with us. Maybe he just hates Shirley. Oh. Which is, so far, Shirley's been the one who's gotten an edged one. I don't think Pierce hates Shirley, though. No. And Brita, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and she's thinking about it already. She has a talking head saying she wants to figure out a charity that doesn't take a lot off the top. Uh, and and mentioned something that's a, a little too relatable, talking about how uh, uh, the money could really go. She she talks about a middle aged man or something taking a middleman, but but a middleman, but relates it to herself, thinking mm-hmm. about how her money is running out and she might get kicked out of her apartment in a few months, and she could really use that money. I'd be thinking the same thing. I'd be like, man, that's that's ten thousand. That ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. People are like, "Oh, that's not life changing money." It's temporarily life changing and improving money for sure. Ten thousand dollars for me at twenty four would yeah. get me very, very close to debt free. Yeah, which would be nice. Yeah, that would take care of my living expenses for a good, good bit. For a week or two. Yeah, Chicago's expensive. After you're like, you'd be like, uh, you know the meme that's like direct deposit $1,400. You'll be DoorDash increasing number of McChickens until (laughs) it literally won't let you go any higher. I'm just going to call Japan and be like, I'll take it all. (laughs) You said, yeah, 999 McChickens just won't go up to (laughs) 1,000. The, I get a call nurse... from McDonald's. <laughs> um, how large is your party? You I'm don't get a party. call from McDonald's. You get a call from McDonald's. <laughs> Walk in. I'll take the clown. <laughs> S- sir, it can't be done. <laughs> call McDonald's. I'll take Mac. <laughs> Give me Mac. The nurse comes out and requests Annie next, but Jeff's completely not willing to play along, and he gets up and says, well, I'm going next. And I like how then it doesn't become a bit. Pierce doesn't say anything like, oh, I wasn't expecting you next. Yeah. Uh, Jeff just walks in. Uh, one of the few lines that don't work for me in this episode is Britta's bit here about explain a brag and what was the first the one? Assault. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the best written joke to me for mine. Do you disagree? I, I agree because it's a joke that I could have written and I don't want to watch a show that I could have written. You couldn't have. I could have come up with complisalt. Well, that okay, you've come up with that, but I don't think that's what it was. I think I could have come up with explain a brag. 
I don't know. It's Britta's whole thing. I don't know. It's 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 not the best line. It's it was funny favorite. because it wasn't funny. I think, to me, I think it wasn't funny because it wasn't funny. <laughs> Jeff walks in, and it's time for Pierce to begin his attempt at uh, manipulating Jeff. And Jeff's a tough egg to crack. And and Pierce, I don't know. He gets pretty close. Mm-hmm. He kind of does it throughout this episode. Jeff sits down. I like how when he walks in, Pierce puts the fake fireplace yeah. on the TV <laughs> to, to set the mood right. And he even turns it up. Apparently, this what hospital bed is equipped with a TV that can have a fake <laughs> fireplace that can be the fire That's vo- toggleable. Velocity. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's toggleable. <laughs> Pierce is like, I need the room with the toggleable fireplace. And we're pleased to bring to you our sponsors today, Tom's Toggles. Tom's Toggles. Do you have something that you don't necessarily want to just be on or off? You want variation. Tom's Toggles. Make that fireplace big. Make it small. Make it medium. Do you want your lights dim but don't want to buy a dimmer because you're not that type of gal? Tom's Toggles. Tom's Toggles. Now race inclusive. (laughs) So check him out. Tom'sToggles.com slash toggles um we're i actually did a uh, a written interview with tom toggle himself um to ask you know yeah he really knew initially from his from his inception that he'd be going into toggling because of his he said you know i wanted to find a job that i could be like oh i'm tom toggles the toggler and i found out there were no togglers in my area so i (laughs) took a small loan from my great uncle bob toggles and uh, he helped me get started with Tom's Toggles. Uh, you know, Stephen, I just got direct, in my earpiece, I just got direct correspondence that we're going to have to pull, uh, completely remove all trace of this plug for Tom's Toggles. Oh, no. Uh, Tom Toggle has just been arrested, and apparently it's come out that he is a child toggler. Oh, no. He told me specifically that he wasn't toggling kids. <laughs> he told in his email? Yeah. In, or in his uh, He kept bringing it up, and I thought it was <laughs> odd. He'd be like, hey, just yeah, so you know, the hammer was I toggle a lot of things, but not so, children. So, yeah, we can't condone his actions. You know, uh, hold your loved ones close and, so, and toggle people of a consensual Yeah, age. there's one rule when you get into toggling. Don't toggle the toddlers. And Todd toggled so many toddlers that it's <laughs> intolerable. It's intolerable. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, But we are still required by contract to mention that you can get 10% off of all your toggling (laughs) needs over at TomToggles.com slash toggling Tom Toggler's Toggles. Uh, Just put in that, that, uh, that, that coupon code, which is, and listen close, toggle. (laughs) With one G. Cap. with one G capitalized the other one's lower <laughs> and that is case sensitive if you want to get your toggles at a more a togglerable price let's move on to something that they do get a little emotionally resonant in this episode because we dive even though it's a ridiculous scenario mm-hmm. we dive a little bit deeper into Jeff's psyche than we ever have in this episode Mm-hmm. yeah we do we uh you know Jeff learn a little bit more of his backstory kind of they don't tell us anything directly but we start to see where some of Jeff's 
issues and struggles come from a little bit. Yeah, and I also think that this is a little bit of Pierce reaching to be that in Jeff's life as well. I mean, Jeff, I mean, Pierce, I think it... up boy. Yeah, right? Because Pierce at first was like, oh, I am Jeff. And now I think he kind of has accepted the fact that he's not Jeff, but I think he wants to be a father to Jeff so that Jeff looks up to him because he wants Jeff to think he's cool. But Pierce did think that this situation would go with Jeff in a hospital bed and Pierce (laughs) as a hologram, which Pierce does show up as a hologram in a later season. So there is time for that later. But there is no time for that now, as Pierce says. And Jeff is direct with him. And I really like the way Joel delivers this line. He's very straightforward with Pierce, which plays well in the documentary style. That yeah. He's starting to suspect that Pierce is playing mind games with everyone. And you're pretending that you're going to die to pit everyone against each other. To co- to exact complicated acts of psychological vengeance is Good what he Good album says. name. And Pierce follows it up with a really great line of... <laughs> I was never one to hold a grudge, Jeffrey. My father held grudges. I'll always hate him for that. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Pierce lines in this it's episode. A it's a great Pierceism. Mm-hmm. And Chevy delivers it really well. The turn of I always hated him for that. You get along with your father, bringing up kind of subtly. Pierce is is tiptoeing this mm-hmm. one towards what he's doing because he knows he's got it. He can't just hand something to Jeff to f- with him. He's gotta he's gotta really yeah. get in there. And Pierce brings up, well, you don't want your dad to die before you tell him how you feel. And what do you think? Do you think there's any chance of us as we as we get older and 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 Papa uh, goes edges closer and closer to that eternal slumber of us that we're gonna have held back feelings and 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 thoughts that we'll never get to tell them. You know, I hope that we get to uh, have a time where the three of us just embrace and. We get to sit on daddy's shoulders one more time and, and you know, yeah. he'll push us on the swings and he'll be a little older by then yeah. um, and we'll push him on the swings. We'll tuck him in the one with the little leggy, leggy guys. Yeah, I just, uh, I it saddens me that there will become a day where daddy is is too old and frail to roll around in the mud with me anymore. Yeah, you know, have a little wrestle, have have a little a little tussle, a little a little wrestling match in the mud. Yeah, get all dirty, yeah. <laughs> and, and and it really makes. I, I I maybe before he he's not here any longer. I should let him know how much I appreciate those dirty muddy times with him. Yeah, well, I mean, and and the baths afterwards were such so <laughs> full of such fun and 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 folly. Nobody. And I, I've tried, but nobody can replicate Dad's ability to to clean all the mud off of me after a good tussle. <laughs> well, no one else gets, gets in all the right places. No one else can get all the little bits out of your hair and behind your ear the way Papa could. Yeah, no one can get the little bits like him, Mm-mm. and that's why we love him. I'll definitely it's a be. Jesus, I'll definitely be <laughs> filling his stocking full of toggles this Father's Day to let him know how much I appreciate him. Yeah, Dad, we're going to get you a toddler. Todd toggles, toddler togglers. Now in pink. And Jeff immediately, because Pierce starts to say something about Jeff's dad, he's immediately like, okay, we're not going to do this. Look, we're sorry that we didn't uh, come on your behalf for this pill addiction, but... 
that's it. Is can that apology be enough? Then we can move on past this. And nope, he's getting bequeathed whether he <laughs> wants to or not. And Pierce says that he found Jeff's father. Jeff's face barely changes. He doesn't really mm-hmm. care. And Pierce says a bunch of fun facts about Jeff's dad. Still, uh, Jeff doesn't really care. Maybe he's a little bit surprised that he knows a couple of these things, but that doesn't mean anything about his dad today. But Pierce says that his dad's in a car on his way to this hospital, and he'll be here in an hour, and Jeff has to stew on that. And I think that Jeff is a little bit in disbelief still because I don't believe that Jeff has never looked for his dad. I think that based on what we know about Jeff, I could see Jeff at least when he was a little younger, maybe trying to figure out a way to find him. Maybe or not necessarily with using the internet at a point. Yeah, to find out the stuff that Pierce probably used the internet. And I think at this point, at least in his own like head, Jeff does not want to believe that Pierce could have found his father. Sure. I think there's a little bit of maybe hope or like thought of like no way, but as we see later, Pierce can do all things. So jot that down. <laughs> Jeff just says, that's it? All right. And he gets up and leaves. <laughs> See you at the funeral, he says. <laughs> and out the door. And, and so, so it is, it is bequeathed. bequeathed. Then he gives a really evil Jim mm-hmm. gaze into the camera. After the commercial, Jeff is flipping through a magazine, but we see in his eyes that he's not paying attention to it, and nope. this does have his mind racing. But I do you think that Jeff's mind is racing that his father's going to show up, or his mind's racing of what Pierce is going to do? I think that he's just thinking about his dad here. I think maybe he's not sure whether he's coming, but he knows there's a chance. And so maybe he's hmm. like pissed because he's like, I'm mad at Pierce for bringing him. I'm mad at him. Hmm. I'm, you know... I think Jeff isn't quite sure what's going on exactly yet. And everyone's a little on edge. And this is when we get this little scene of Britta and Jeff eventually uh, uh, being each other's dads, Mm -hmm. which is a funny little bit. And Jeff still is saying that I'm not going to have to figure anything out because Pierce is playing head games and, it, and it's not going to it's not going to happen. Shirley shows up to say that she's <laughs> piously decided that she's not going to listen to the CD of you guys talking about me because I'm a good person and I forgive you. And everyone's kind of like, that's bullshit. What are you forgiving us for? We don't know that there's anything on there. There probably isn't. Mm-hmm. But Shirley thinks this makes her look like the higher person. So yeah. she's. Well, and she's too scared to see if there is anything on the tape or not. So That's the like, real thing. She choose to forgive you, and then shoots daggers towards them with their eyes. Right. And she walks away. Britta and Jeff keep talking about the situation, and Britta decides that she's going to role play as Jeff's dad to see what's going to happen. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a scene of community that uh, got me sexually going in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I am still a little sweaty. And, you know, some things are a little uh, more pointy than normal. I don't like that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like that. <laughs> that is too far. That's the line, and you crossed it. And when, when Britta hugs Jeff as his dad, Jeff hugs back and says, Hi, I'm Britta's dad. <laughs> and when Britta says why, Jeff goes on about, Well, I don't know why I'm Britta's dad. I, uh, the mom gets freaky to Oingo Boingo. And Britta goes straight to, okay, well, then Jeff's dad is gay. I'm yeah. Jeff's dad, and I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff calls that bluff and goes right into Britta, and Britta just gets, like, enraged and childish and, and suggests that they fight. And then Jeff says he's an undercover cop, and she's under arrest. And, 
and there's an Iran, Iraq, illegal to be gay joke that's pretty funny yeah. about being in the green zone. And they just really play in on each other. It's one of those things that does kind of really bizarrely play in on the sexual chemistry that Jeff it and really does I, like, they just what get do each other i know going. i'm jeff winger's dumb gay dad that line made me I, laugh so hard it wouldn't have not tracked if they had just started kissing each other yeah, at that point right? right that would be totally on brand for jeff and britta then we get a talking head of jeff where he's actually willing to talk a little bit about what he's thinking and says that his dad is a con man and he couldn't leave a trail if he wanted to. I think that line implies that Jeff has looked for his dad and mm-hmm. not found out very much. Totally. He's explaining that he expects Pierce to fabricate someone as his father, uh, that, that he, there's no way he tracked his dad down from a hospital bed, and, and he's he's right, obviously. Money can't just make people appear. But that's when we get the... <laughs> Phenomenal reveal that money, in fact, does make people uh, uh, just reveal out of nowhere because LeVar Burton is here looking for Troy Barnes. It's one of, if not the, it's probably the best stunt guest appearance mm-hmm. on Community. Which and is saying on something. On a sitcom in general. Because but... a, a lot of times when someone famous shows up on themselves shows up as themselves on a TV show. It feels really weird, and it makes it hard to believe that the show is real life anymore. But this walks a good line with that, where kind of like how they do when it's Louise Guzman. Yeah. A real-life Hollywood person shows up, but it's a very... Specific. I don't know. LeVar Burton in this one is almost like a slightly more sophisticated version of Carl Weathers from Arrested Development. Yeah. Also, there, I see the sign for the dogs, but I can't read what kind oh, yeah. of dog it is. Golden Retriever. Nice. Got it. Nailed it. I'll edit that into earlier in the episode mm-hmm. when we got it wrong, and we're going to look so smart. Where do you go? So cool. Pierce Hawthorne sent LeVar Burton, so money does make people appear, and I'm sure this was timed to make Jeff feel even more that his dad might be showing up. Yeah, absolutely. LeVar Burton's showing up for Troy. In the waiting area, LeVar walks up to Troy, who's just, you know, daydreaming to himself. <laughs> and he looks up. LeVar introduces himself to Troy. And Troy does that classic face that he just looks so mannequin all of a sudden. It's amazing. It's this so whole funny. perfect part of this episode is one of my favorite community things, just period. Ever. Ever. I agree. And Donald must have just had a ball with this storyline. <laughs> it would have been so fun to do all of this. Oh my god. He just wide eyed, can't say anything <laughs> as Lavar tries to shake his hand. And Annie, okay, so Annie mentions to Shirley, okay, so Pierce made this happen, and I like how in the middle of Annie's question, Shirley's already like, yep, yep, looking at the CD, thinking of her own thing. Mm-hmm. They just really do a good job of showing that that everyone uh, that everyone's thinking about something, everyone's got something going. There are a lot of cogs moving in this episode because of Pierce, and they do it really well. Yeah. And Shirley's still feeling like she's the only one kind of being tortured here, but then you see how tortured <laughs> Troy is that his hero is in front of him and he doesn't know how to react and lavar's trying to be so nice he's like okay <laughs> and here's pierce, the best pierce must have paid him a lot of money for him to be this nice in this yeah. episode yeah or he's just that nice of a guy so pierce is sorry 
Choi is in a break room, jumping around, crying, screaming. I don't have to say the lines. We all know them. We could all say them. You know, it's one, it is one of the most iconic moments in the entirety of, of Community. And I hadn't ever noticed that in the Windows reflection, you can see as hospital staffers are called attention by this and as they react to what's happening. And that's just another joke on top of yeah. it that makes it even more perfect. And I wanted to tell you, buddy, when I was watching this, I almost got a little bit emotional because, like, this is, you know, the line that he says, like, you can't disappoint a picture. Like, that was what we ended up making our name. And I've had a really and fun time And look what this. we've taken that and rolled with it. I know. Right? Crazy. It is cool. And, uh, yeah, it's we've gotten to the episode that the name came from. It's a cool little milestone in this, in this podcast, right? It really is. It's cool. Now it's time to change the name. All right. To Tom Toggler presents. <laughs> Tom Toggler and the Black Swan. <laughs> With Zach and Steven. In the morning. Yeah, you can't disappoint a picture. It's great. It's our namesake. And I, I still love our podcast name. I think... It's great. I And people have told us this, so I don't mind repeating it. I think outside of Alex getting the perfect community podcast name mm-hmm. with, uh, with six seasons in six a podcast, seasons in a podcast uh, everyone has a great name, but I don't think many are more creative as ours. Yeah, we're the best. It's okay. We can say that now. We can? Yeah. Why now? Okay, we can say it now. We're better. We're the best community podcast, and it's inarguable. Yeah, thank you, everyone else. You do great things, too. But go ahead and stop. But do you have a sponsorship from Tom Toggler? Come on. Come on. Tom Toggler is going to be like the new My Pillow guy. He'll be the only <laughs> oh, person no. who's, who's still... Yeah, Kohl's has already canceled their their shipment of the toggles. Yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond won't be toggling with the toggles. CVS anymore. is still gonna have it though. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> I hate you, Pierce, and you can totally see the people in the window. They're walking by and and trying to decide if they should do something about it or not. You can even see Abed holding the camera with the reflection. <laughs> then we cut back to to Lavar sitting down next to Troy, who is speechless and can't say anything, and and it's really awkward. Shirley's still going on a on a fake apology acceptance tour. <laughs> She's forgiving everyone when she doesn't know who or if anyone said anything that should have offended her. And now it's Annie's turn to get bequeathed. Her bequeathal is at hand. It's so dramatic. That nurse is such a good sport. Yeah. Do you have a regular job here? <laughs> <laughs> the nurse kind of looks to the side like maybe she doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> Pierce gives Annie permission to weep because of how uh, upset he, she he knows she must be. Uh, she says she's crying on the inside. Pierce says that's gross. gross. <laughs> and then Pierce gives her a really nice tiara that's been in his family for six generations, which doesn't look like that. No. But apparently has. I believe that that's what it actually is probably. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe his dad gave it to him six generations ago and said, here's your tiara, princess. I could see that. Kept it as a prized family possession since then. <laughs> and Annie immediately is like, what does this mean? But it, uh, this one genuinely is out of everyone because Annie is Pierce's favorite. Yeah. And he's not afraid to show it. Maybe it is supposed to play some tricks on people, but this is kind of genuine. She, he just really likes Annie. He really wanted to give Annie a nice gift. Now we cut to everyone in the in the waiting area really thinking hard about about their bequeathals and what they mean and what's going to happen and how they feel about them. 
and it's nice. I like how they've set this all up, and it feels good. <laughs> Shirley's still pretending to be nice and forgiving, but you know it's just eating her alive yeah. inside. It's very true to Shirley that she would react this way, and I think they wrote Shirley really well in this episode. It's a little surprising that they did, and I'm glad that they did because we don't get it often enough, and Shirley really does deliver when they let her. She really does. I know. Yvette Nicole Brown does such a great job on this show with what she's given and by making what she's given more than it is all the time, which is good. Uh, But here she actually has something to play with and something to work off of. And even without saying words, she does such a great job of portraying exactly how she's feeling. Her anxious energy throughout the episode, no matter what's going on in the foreground, she does a great job with it. Now we cut to something that leads (laughs) up to one of my favorite moments. Uh, Jeff is pacing in a hallway and Abed's coming up with a camera questioning him to try to get something out of him and ask him well, like do you want to see your dad but Jeff still says that he's sure that he isn't coming even though it's becoming more obvious that the the timer is ticking down and Jeff might genuinely expect that his dad isn't going to show up but the question of but what if he does yeah isn't going away no especially after happens. seeing you know that Pierce brought LeVar Burton here LeVar Burton <laughs> And Abed does poke Jeff enough until the bear kind of fights back and says, I'm not going to let Pierce do this to me. I'm not going to let him think that I care and says it in an edged enough way that it's, that it's clear that he does. And we get our get this thing out of my face, which is a Love staple it. of this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then now we get the bit that I just think is truly hilarious. Don't you dare intercut this with footage of me freaking out <laughs> and all of the shots of him, just this anx- anxious energy, throwing his phone, ripping up a magazine. And then the one of him just laughing, <laughs> taking a break to breathe. It. <laughs> it's, I, I've definitely done that before when I'm really on a spiral. Yep. And Abed said, is there footage of you freaking out? And Jeff knows there is. That was a really funny thing for Abed to say. <laughs> Jeff's going nuts. He's like, I will I kill you and Pierce and Britta. <laughs> He's got a whole spree. Meanwhile, LeVar Burton is just being an absolute angel to Troy <laughs> and really trying hard to make the interaction that he's supposed to make happen happen. They're sitting together in a little coffee break room area, and, and LeVar is asking questions <laughs> about school, about how he's a fan, and Troy just can't say anything. Zach, do you think that there, can you think of anyone who, like, if you met them, you would be, like, just absolutely frozen? You know, I don't think exactly. I think that's a little overdramatic. Yeah. But I think I could really hype up meeting someone Mm -hmm. to a point of wanting to talk to them for hours yeah and not knowing what to say to them in a quick interaction totally and the couple of times i've been fortunate to meet a couple of music people that mm-hmm. mean a lot to me and my interactions maybe were a little bit stifled just because of how much the moment yeah to me so it is a little relatable what about you i was trying to think about this i don't think there's anybody alive necessarily that would make me this like starstruck if I ever met, if I ever saw like Paul McCartney, I, for you, I was literally thinking Paul McCartney would be like the one that I could see. But I think most people, because he's That's he's, Paul a, McCartney. he's the type of famous of, as like Eddie Murphy, yeah, where he's so famous that he doesn't go places exactly because if he did, the whole area would like go into disarray. Yeah, he, he, he it's almost like a politician that or a president or something that that can't really go out in public and do something because they're such a global figure that, yeah yeah i think uh, he's not alive anymore but i would have probably been pretty like outrageously starstruck by like 
Nelson Mandela or something like that. Oh sure, um, Obama. I've I've certainly. talked to Obama. <laughs> I was on Sweden. No joke. What what uh what when he came to Anderson? No, it was when he was in Muncie. Like before he came to Anderson, I like asked a question and he like gave like a really funny like response, and I was on the news and shit. Was it before he was president the first time? Yeah, it was when he was running. What did he ask him? Little I Steven. uh fifth grade Stephen asked. Since kids can't vote, what can we do to have a say in who becomes Aww. president? And he's like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 10. He's like, well, I have a daughter who's nine. And <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Well, oh, so he said, you can date my daughter. Yeah. So uh, Malia, if you're out, if you're listening, how you doing? Fan of the, friend of the show, friend Malia of the show, Obama. <laughs> Malia Obama, uh, my betrothed. Um, That's funny. That's such a wholesome answer. Man, what a president. Mm-hmm. And he basically was like, you know, volunteer, stay informed, stay active and knowledgeable about what's going on, and yep. you can make a difference. And you did not. And I did not. He also said, send him I, my resume when I turned 18, and I did not, because I had no resume. But then you didn't have anything to put on yeah. it other than... I was like, I was a uh, lifeguard. <laughs> How's your daughter? <laughs> How's your daughter that's attending Harvard doing? I, uh... Found anyone better than me. you? Kind of promised me when I was a kid. So yeah, keep your word, gonna... Barack. Prove that not all politicians are just liars. Yeah, I I really like how Levar Burton. Troy's obviously he's such a fan that's so starstruck and 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 can't o- get over it. And then Levar Burton explains to him the concept <laughs> of reading Rainbow. <laughs> Have you ever? Do you know Reading Rainbow? Have you heard of it? Did you watch a lot of Reading Rainbow? Oh yeah. Up? I always thought it was boring. I liked reading Rainbow a lot. Maybe I was just a racist. No, I don't maybe. Think so. I think I kind of put it in the same corner of things like Mister Rogers that I would rather watch cartoons. See, I liked reading Rainbow because I associate. I like. I was a pretty big PBS kid though, growing up. I really liked PBS. I love not a D at the end. Love Sesame Street. Oh sure, day. I like and Sesame Street. I liked uh, Between the Lions yeah. a lot. Electric Company came back when my brother and sister were little, and I watched that I more than they did. I was too old for that when it came back. Yeah, I watched it regularly because I love Electric Company. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big big PBS supporter. Cyber Chase? Cyber Chase. Is, I like Cyber Chase. I like Cyber Chase. There was a show when my brother was little that was called like Scruff McGruff or something. It was like a competition <laughs> show that kids were on that was hosted by like an animated Oh, dog. no. It was Fetch with Rough Fetch Ruffman. with Rough Ruffman. Yeah. That was a good show too. I liked yeah. Fetch with Ruff Ruffman. Um, we should start a podcast about it. I bet I will go through. I have my favorites. A Fetch with Ruff Ruffman rewatch podcast. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked reading Rainbow. I don't remember a whole lot of specifics about it because I was pretty young when I watched it for the most part. But I remember liking it a lot. And I remember liking the songs. I remember being shown it in school sometimes. Uh, remember Wishbone? Yeah. I like yeah. Wishbone. Was that PBS? I want to say yes. Because it was either PBS or like um, like four kids or something like that. I don't think four kids had Wishbone. How wonderful would it be to be in a situation where you're sitting across the table from LeVar Burton and he's singing oh the my Reading God. Rainbow song to you? I might cry actually. Oh, wait. That's not what happens here, though. You, no. you That happens later on later. In, the, in the thing. Well, here Troy is... I don't know when this would have happened within the events, but uh, at a point, Troy is away in the bathroom and he's just 
rocking himself, trying to, trying <laughs> to settle down. He's smiling really big, singing Reading Rainbow, but he but he breaks up and cries through it. <laughs> apparently, there are, what he says after it is set phasers to love me, which is a really funny line, but apparently mm-hmm. there are a bunch of different takes of Donald doing this, and every time he would say something different after reading the I song. would love to see the, the cut scenes from that. Butterfly in the sky I can go twice as high Take a look It's in a book Reading Rainbow <laughs> Reading Rainbow <laughs> Set phasers to love me And he shows up to kind of yell in Pierce's face about the nice tiara that he gave her and how it's messing with her brain and, and what does it mean and uh, everyone else got something bad. She thinks they're <laughs> blood diamonds or Holocaust diamonds. And I and like how like aggressively Pierce like no. When Pierce, you absolutely would give her a Holocaust, Holocaust diamond. Holocaust diamond. Yeah. He would have some uh, uh, aside about how his relative was in the Holocaust, but it would be for like a non sequitur reason. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's literally because Annie is his favorite and. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to say it. And Annie's so distraught by that. What does it mean? <laughs> Cut to Britta, who is giving away the money, she says, to the Red Cross, or she wrote it out for the Red Cross. And it makes her a terrible person because now she knows that if they hadn't been filming it, she would have used the money for herself. And I think Britta, yes, it's always nice to give money to charity, and you absolutely should whenever you're willing to. The Red Cross gets millions and millions of dollars. Ten thousand dollars could change Britta's life. If that, if you need life-changing money like that, it is not bad of you to save it instead of giving it to charity. Yeah. Right? Well, and we kind of talked about this last week, didn't we? About in the pre-show, at least, what each uh, study member would use the stimulus for. Yes, we did. And we, I think we kind of said Britta would like say she was giving say it to she's charity. To charity. And then she'd buy something from Target for herself. Yeah, and you know. Without the cameras there, she would have absolutely done that. We nailed it. We nailed you, Britta. I don't think we should. I don't think you should say that. If we ever want to potentially get an interview out of Gillian Jacobs, come on the show, Gillian. Let's talk about it. We don't have to talk about that. Please. Shirley says, Britta, you've got to forgive yourself. <laughs> I've forgiven all of you for the horrible things you said about me on the CD. <laughs> and Britta's like, that's it. We're going to listen to this. Shirley says, please stop. Please stop. I don't want to know. <laughs> and I feel like I've been in situations in like elementary school where maybe there was a note someone had given me and I knew it was going to be like a breakup note or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to read it. I don't want to read it. And somebody like, come mm-hmm. on, come on. We're reading it. We're unfolding it. I don't know. Yeah. It was a cute little moment. Uh, and I understand Shirley's like, stop, I've, I'm too I've scared. been the Brita in this several times. It's like somebody getting a text from someone. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to see what they said. And I'm like, just open the damn text messages. It's there. Yeah. And then the recording is very much Shirley leaves a room. Pierce tries to get everyone talking about Shirley. Everyone says, shut up, Pierce. And Pierce is <laughs> the end where Pierce says, and that's why you hate me and Shir- or why Shirley's bad or something like that. And everyone's like, right? And he's like, no, Pierce, no. shut up. Then... And then Shirley comes back, hello. Hello. You think Shirley's any different? Yes. (laughs) And Britta's like, shut up, Shirley. We love you. We shouldn't have said those things about you, obviously. We're terrible. And now Shirley feels bad about herself. She shouldn't trust (laughs) her friends. Yeah. 
And this is another one of my favorite funny moments where Shirley has taken a camera to give herself a talking head. The fun fact about this that I hinted a little bit earlier is that Yvette Nicole Brown, the actress, emailed the writer and said, hey, I love your episode. I'm the only person who doesn't get a talking head. Could I please have a talking head? And so they wrote this thing for her about Shirley hijacking the cameras to give herself a talking head. That's hilarious. And it's really funny the way also get on a vet to like email and be like, hey, I'm in this too. And it would it's such a writer thing to be like, okay, we'll do it, but we're kind of kind of gonna make it a punishment a little bit and yeah. call you out. But it's a funny bit, and yeah. I'm glad it's in here. And Shirley gets to say to Abed, oh, did you want me to be the only one who didn't get a talking <laughs> head? So Abed just leaves and lets her finish. <laughs> <laughs> and Shirley says, I think it stems from when I was, and then it cuts off. I think it's a really funny, yeah, well-edited funny. moment. Jeff walks in to Pierce's room and, and says, okay, seriously, you, you found my father, and listens to what Pierce has to say. Pierce says he can call it off if Jeff wants to, kind of expecting Jeff to want him to call it off to get him out yeah. of the situation. And Jeff calls his bluff and says, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. And Pierce <laughs> together says, good for you. But as soon as he leaves, scrambles. I love the delivery of this line, too, because he's if, so serious. The way Jeff says, I will beat you so bad <laughs> if and not- my father doesn't pull up. And I like the way, yeah, that he references things like Ferris Bueller, because I love that scene in Ferris Bueller <laughs> mm-hmm. where uh, what Cameron's pretending to be Sloan's yeah. dad Really, really funny and scares the life out of Pierce because he knows that Jeff will beat his ass. Because he's like, there will be nothing madcap or wacky about it. This is not like a sitcom funny fight. I will beat you. (laughs) And I like how Pierce is distraught. So when he says understand, he says crystal. Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeff storms out and Pierce flounders to decide how he's going to make this happen. (laughs) Can't even pick up the phone. He's a mess. It's really funny. <laughs> After a commercial break, uh, LeVar Burton's getting ready to leave. He introduces himself to Britta, and Britta's able to say that he was that she was a big Rebop fan, even though it was from before her time, because she was a nostalgic, annoying hipster from the time she was a young child. <laughs> and LeVar opens up to Britta a little bit and talks about how, is Troy even a fan? He hasn't said anything the whole time that I've been here, and I've, I've got this flight to catch. And this is where <laughs> Britta tries to pay LeVar to, to cancel his flight and stay a little bit longer so Troy can have the moment that he wants. And, yes, she takes out her checkbook and, and offers to write a check for $261. And LeVar's <laughs> face when he says, that's all you got? That's all you got? <laughs> no, you keep it. Our schedule. <laughs> and what does he say to Britta? You know, you're a really good friend, but you're awful with your money. Yeah. Some truth, some hard truth bombs from from Kunta in this episode. Right. And Britta then in a talking head gets to write that off as her reason why she she felt bad. I don't know. It makes her feel better about herself. And Mm -hmm. the line about, can you imagine what would happen if you bounced a check to Kunta Kinte is a really funny line. Have you seen Roots? No, I haven't. But watching this episode and Wikipedia-ing LeVar a little bit, I feel like I should and still could. You should at least watch like... The first three-fourths of it. Why? It, like, goes through, like, generations, so it's, like, time. Well, why do you say I should stop? You shouldn't. It's just really long. Mm. So if you only have eight hours and not ten, you know, that's fine. Yes, I have eight hours, but I will stop and no more. I watched Roots for the first time in school, 
and I almost punched a kid in the face because Making there's like a part. Yeah, because there's a part where like they're bringing the slaves from Africa to the continental United States, and the captain of the ship is like, "Oh, grab me a belly warmer," referring to a, a woman that he was then mm. going to like assault and mm. sleep with. And this dick face goes, "Ooh, I could use me a belly warmer right oh, about now." Oh God! And I was like, "Are you f- serious?" That's bad. That's I bad almost to say to knocked someone. him into like. I was pissed. I left the room because I was mad. I believe it. I like. Uh, I like when they give Gillian these silly things. When Britta goes, "Britta for the win," and the like <laughs> hyped up motion she goes in to do it. <laughs> it's a good Britta moment. <sighs> Britta's pretty good in this episode. Yeah, she is. It's a great Britta episode. All right, now Jeff is outside the hospital, and he's expecting a car to pull up with his dad in it, or with something in it. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's mm-hmm. pacing. The car pulls up. He's he's getting ready to accept whatever's on the other side. It's a good moment. They do play it up for some good drama, and the cell phone rings, and it's just a complete farce when he picks up the phone <laughs> of how ridiculous it is, how obvious it's Pierce's voice of like, this is your father. Jeffrey, this is your father. <laughs> uh, too hard. You look too much like your mom. And Jeff, oh, my God. Obviously, he has anger towards his father, and he projects some of it out on Pierce through this situation. But, man, did Pierce deserve a good ass-kicking oh, for yeah. all of this. And I'm glad that Jeff gets to do it. And I'm sure everyone on set was glad to, at least in the show, get to film a scene where P- uh, Chevy Chase <laughs> yeah. gets like, shit kicked out of him. I like how, you know, Pierce backs up the car <laughs> to the point where he hits another car behind him. That's a really funny touch. Yeah. I'm glad that they did that. He opens up the car and just pummels Pierce. Everyone tries to stop him, but... Jeff knows that this is just all <laughs> bullshit. It's yeah. just all bullshit. And the talking head of Pierce is like, sometimes this happens. That's okay. <laughs> As he's getting stitches in his head. So funny. And Pierce somehow like it, like is able to twist this around that this is what makes him <laughs> Jeff's father now because of this. I love says, the like... Jeff the... will never underestimate me again. Ow, ow. <laughs> I love the panicked shots of everyone just trying to pull Jeff away and, like, how they're freaking out. And <laughs> uh, we haven't often seen Jeff get to this rising no. point, and it's always Pierce who does it, and it's a great moment for both Chevy and Joel. <laughs> so funny. And Pierce gets to say what was going on, and it's so pitiful the way he's, you, you forget my birthday, you don't invite me to your Dungeons and Dragons games, you you have a secret trampoline that you hide from me, you think I'm some kind of joke, and it's so pathetic and it's so yeah. awful that it, it got to the point where he was driven this far, but there is a little bit of a thing where as you hear each of those things, you are like, oh yeah, that happened and that happened that and that happen. happened, and they have been pushing Pierce away. Now, Pierce is a lunatic, so he took it way <laughs> yeah. too far. But all he has wanted are these people to be his friend and to take him seriously. Totally. And they just time and time again make it clear that they won't. Because they Jeff don't treat also, Pierce very much better than they treat Chang. You're right. I was just thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. The only difference is they let Pierce hang around in the study group, and maybe that's yeah. worse because it means they're always tormenting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jeff is also very right to say what you've done doesn't disprove our theory because he does act horrendously and and crazily, much like Chang would. Yeah. Pierce says, good point. And then Jeff goes, what did you say? And lunges <laughs> at him again. <laughs> it's a really, really good moment. And then we cut to Pierce being walked by Annie and the nurse back into the hospital. 
and Jeff is talking about how he may have lashed out on Pierce. The Pierce deserved the lashing out, but but Jeff should th- take some stuff out on his dad. And honestly, this episode, the, all communities jokes aside, did make me think a little bit how I have a lot of issues with my dad. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a very good person, and he's still around. And there is a dichotomy of... I'm I'm very avoidant of him. I'm very mindfully avoidant of him, mm-hmm. and that's been working for me. But sh- should I want to air my grievances? Should I want to air my grievances? Should I do that while I am able to, mm. or is it better to just dissociate from it? I don't know. It's a tough thing to decide between that because you don't want to end up in a situation where you want to say something that you never did and so that carries with you even but after the fact. But also, saying it isn't going to change anything no. and I wouldn't be saying it to change anything. And mm-hmm. so the, it, it is a what's the point. But you're right that I wouldn't want it to be one day I wish I had and now I never can. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about my personal life. But this episode did make me think that way a little bit mm-hmm. even though it's a, a silly scenario. Andy comes in to talk to Pierce, and I, I this is the scene that I thought was a little bit hammy, where they try to yeah. put a button on Annie's storyline, and and Annie talks about getting the point that Pierce was trying to make, and that he's trying to prove a point to Annie that she shouldn't get too high on her horse. She should always strive to be better, so she's giving the tiara back. She's requeething it, and Pierce is kind of like, okay. I guess you took more like, out of it right. than I was expecting. I just yeah. really liked you. <laughs> I wanted to give you a thing. I wasn't really trying to teach you anything, but Annie's so Annie that she made her way around it, right? And Pierce just kind of goes with it. Yeah. It This moment didn't really need to happen. Pierce's shrug is she's actually, actually just my just favorite. It's nice. Yeah. It, you're very, very right. You hit it absolutely on the nose that of everyone, Annie is the one who is most underserved in this episode. Mm-hmm. Which is not normally the case, so it's. I'm glad that Shirley does get more. Yeah. Also, Abed it, has a great point at the end here where he's like, you know, it wasn't as easy as shooting fish in a barrel, but you can wrap it up by just putting a bunch of random-ass clips together and talking thoughtfully over them. Just in case your story ends like life and he says, you know, it's messy and it's 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 hard. As LeVar Burton reads a picture book to Troy who's still absolutely not moving. But that's the best way to deal with a situation like that. That's something LeVar knows how to do right that yeah. doesn't involve any interaction from Troy. But Abed gets that JD Scrubs end of episode montage of, you know, sometimes life is a little tricky, but when you've got people around you, it can work. And, but Abed's Whether you're like, saving lives or stealing pudding, you yeah. can. <laughs> uh, and, and Abed gets to talk about, you know, I'm not knocking it. It works. Documentaries are what they are, and I made one. The end. And we see his crew take a bow. <laughs> and the episode ends with the study group starting to leave the hospital, and Troy notices through a window that Pierce and Jeff are both asleep next to each other. And... I don't need this episode to end on a sweet capping off with Pierce, and I don't think it tries to so like very mm-hmm. hard. But there's a nice parallel to draw that Pierce and Jeff are a lot more like each other than, than they yeah. are willing to admit, and that they challenge each other, and that Jeff is also crazy. 
Right. So there is a nice little button on the storyline that says they aren't that far from each other. They're not father and son at all. That's pretty fucked up. But they are something. In Pierce's final line of saying that they became a father and son and Jeff refuting it is funny. (laughs) I like that. Pierce's awkward little smile that ends the episode is great. And then we get one of my favorite end tags. They know the comedic gold of LeVar Burton and Troy, and it's a perfect way to end the episode. And this is even, like, back in the study room, isn't it? Or it seems like it's at Greendale. Yeah, it is. It's in the study room. And, and yeah. <laughs> this is the first time, this is the only time we see Greendale in the whole episode. It, it looks like, you know, LeVar has rescheduled his flight, so he's there the next day or something like that, hmm. having a really, really nicely prepared dinner with Troy, who still can't say anything. <laughs> LeVar asks Troy to pass him the pepper, which I didn't come up with, and he won't, so he does it himself, and he starts singing uh reading rainbow to himself and eyeballing troy to see if this will like get him if, if this is what happens but but troy can't emotionally handle it he just he just hyperventilates and screams and reads out of the, runs out of the room sobbing throwing his chair behind and that's the end of the episode more fish for kunta which he improvised the script, are you serious they said that the script said more fish for lavar and he said more fish for kunta that's really amazing. really funny it's the end of an episode it's a really really classic episode i liked yeah. it even more than i thought i did talking Same. about it and i knew that i liked it a lot i think there are some really heavy hitting episodes in season two and this might not this be is... the top of the heavy hitters for me it's i think there's there some me. episodes like mixology certification that i like a little bit better and some of the epidemiology and dungeons and dragons but it is pretty high up there it's yeah. hard to beat for sure who's your mvp um so i'm gonna give an honorable mention to jeff because i think jeff okay. does give one of his best but i can't give it to anyone other than troy for this one for me mm-hmm. i think troy just was so 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 funny in this episode, every line he had, I laughed out loud about, I'm fairly certain. From him hamming up the cameras. Yeah. yeah. All of it was just so good that I, I can't not give it to him. You know, part of me, I'm going to give several honorable mentions because mm-hmm. part of me does want to give it to Jeff. He had the most weight in the episode and yeah. Joel sold it as well, if not better than anything he's ever sold before. Uh, part of me wants to give it to Pierce because mm-hmm. he's the one who makes it all happen, but it... I, some, it's one of those cases where it is hard to reward his bad behavior, even yeah. if it's just a hypothetical MVP award that Chevy Chase will never know about. And the other person is Abed, because mm-hmm. even though he isn't on screen most of the episode, he is the narrator of this episode. Yeah. He wove the Does story together. And he's important to it. But it's Troy. It's Troy. And Troy isn't even necessarily that <laughs> integral to the episode, but he steals it in the way that Donald always does in a way more than ever kind of yeah it was great it's troy all around and what a great episode it was so good to dive into it with you i love community i love doing the show with you buddy i know it's good vibes good good vibes good times good vibes and a damn good show and it was good seeing you this uh earlier this week it was was good seeing you and before this we had a big uh, business meeting not about the podcast but about i think we're gonna try to go on a friggin vacation together yeah we are and that seems like something that's coming together a little bit that would be really 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 fun yeah uh we can do an episode from the road i was gonna say what i've been thinking about is for the patreon because i don't want to make it about that we're gonna hang out Mm -hmm. i think we should do like maybe like a travel diary type thing and whenever we feel like it 
each use our phone voice memos to have yeah. our separate audio tracks. And like if we're on the road and we want to chat, if it's like the night after doing what we're doing and we want to chat, Sex. I think doing something like that would be really fun. And stuff like that and everything else we do can always be found over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast where you can support us in a lot of ways and be a part of the show in a lot of ways. We'd really appreciate it. Next week, we're talking about another season two banger. It's Intro to Political Science, the class election episode. It's a great episode. So please send in your trivia, your MVP, and your favorite funny moments to can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. And you know the drill, Stephen. Where can people interact with us outside of this podcast? Ah, Well, there's a few places you can find us. Um, Zach already said where to send your emails to. But if you want to interact with us on Twitter, you can follow us at can't dis at you can't disappod we're on instagram at can't disappoint podcast we're on facebook at you can't disappoint a podcast same name on the youtube where you can find some awesome videos of us as well as if you just want to put it on if you're a youtube premium subscriber and you want to throw watch on youtube do that close your phone do the dishes and you can still hear our beautiful voices yes close your flip phone (laughs) physically close it fold it into itself Plug Thanks in for your, listening, everyone, this over week. Over your it, headphones. It really is an honor to get to talk about a show that I love so much with a friend that I really love every week and that people listen to it and, and religiously, like every week we're seeing the same people are listening to it. And it's an honor and it means a lot and it's really fun to do. And yeah. Yeah. Good thanks vibes. to our patrons. Thanks to our listeners our viewers our writers our director our producer thanks to our best boy key grip over there in the corner shout out to all of you everyone in the writers room we're so appreciative yeah we couldn't do it without you i think we've done it do you have anything you'd like to say um did you already say it did i already ask you that i did no i didn't know i said all i need to say like that john mayer song well then you know us from inside the dreamatorium black lives matter uh, we need gun reform mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And I'm Zach. Stop Asian hate, and I'm Steven. Absolutely important. And Steven and I are now going to go uh, make a little documentary of our own. <laughs> Here we go. It's going to be real Michael Moore in your face style. Yes. I was thinking it was. it's going to be more uh, Ron Jeremy in your face <laughs> style. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little of both. And it's going to be narrated by Al Gore, so get ready. (laughs) We'll see you next week for Intro to Political Science. It's been awesome. Take it easy. Signing out. Goodbye, beautiful people. Peace out. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's Santa Barbara.